Welcome to Best Laid Plans, a Malifaux podcast. Episode 5, Forgotten vs. Infamous. You lost yeah. the creeps, you lost the bleeps, and you lost the sweeps. What? 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 <laughs> <laughs> this is why we're friends and I love you guys. <sighs> And we are here tonight, the uh, steam-powered scoundrels, Sans Doug. He did such a great job this last month, getting an episode out every week that we decided to give him a month off as much as possible. So Nate and I are here for another Best Laid Plans, but I will not be playing. I am your host tonight, Roman, and our challenger for our uh, reigning gremlin savant is Jake, another good friend of ours who recently... uh, left St. Louis to the great broad land of Texas in his eternal search for the Nick Westbrook. Jake, how are you? Doing good. Yeah, yeah. Playing Malifaux tonight for the first time in a long time, and uh, we're going to see how it goes. Excellent, excellent. And uh, Nate, what you got going on? Uh, I actually kidnapped Doug and stuffed him in my basement. Don't tell anyone. If you're a cop, you have to tell me. I am not a cop. Excellent. That's what I want to do. I love you. You need every listener to contact me and let me know that they're not a cop listening to this. Uh, Because (laughs) that's that's the law. (laughs) And if you are a cop, Doug is not in my basement kidnapped. Something, something jokes, something, something. I clarified that. (laughs) (laughs) So, tonight, for our best laid plans, we are playing Symbols of Authority with the schemes of Claim Jump, Breakthrough, Spread Them Out, Runic Binding, and Take Prisoner. And we're doing this on Vassal because COVID and also we're across like multiple different states between the three of us. Uh, so that would be a really, really large board if we were to do this uh, not on the internet. So if you want to follow along as far as uh, what the map looks like, we are actually playing on the Riviera map, uh, which for those of you who don't want to look it up, it mostly looks like sand and cracked earth with kind of a Y of water running through it with a few fords on that water, a few rocks of varying heights, most of which are climbable, and a few spots of of trees for dense, severe concealingness, and a couple of silos for some reason, and some boxes. As for deployment, we have Nate up in the upper left corner playing uh, Rezzers, and we have appropriate for who he's facing, uh, Jake in the lower right-hand corner, playing Bayou. So, I'm going to go ahead and kick out our standard gremlin so that we can talk to our new rising star gremlin for the evening. Nate, get the hell out. I've been kicked out. So, Jake, tell us a little bit about why you picked your faction tonight, first off. I picked the faction because it's really what I've been playing most of for a while. Um, When I was playing more often, uh, I was playing only Gremlins, and my goal was to get to uh, the U.S. championship with Gremlins. So I'm sticking with them. Nice. And as far as the leader, what made you pick? Who who did you pick first off, and what made you pick them? Uh, I picked Captain Zip. He is incredibly awesome. And... I was looking at the pool, and I kind of thought that in Symbols of Authority, you need to be fast. So that narrowed, in my mind, down to Zip or Maw. I'm a little less familiar with Zip. I didn't play him as much before. But 
Zip has the speed that you need in his entire crew with the way that some of Ma's models have been nerfed a little bit. It has kind of pushed Zip, in my mind, up a little more in this sort of thing, giving you Maris and the Iron Skeeter for the, the strategy. And then when you go down into the schemes, you can deny super hard on Spread Them Out and Runic Binding just because they're scheme marker based. And yeah, I'm over half my crew has the ability free loot to just eat his scheme markers if he tries it. So being able to force him out into things like Claim Jump or Take Prisoner or if he's going real ballsy breakthrough, I think that uh, will be an advantage for me just so that I can see what he's thinking about. At this point, why don't you tell us your whole crew and kind of why you picked who you did? I've got Captain Zip, I've got Earl, and then I've got the first mate with two gremlins and a ghillie suit. The reason I picked two gremlins and a ghillie suit for him was just so that with a combination of stealth, butterfly jump, and disguised that you get off two gremlins in a ghillie suit. He's pretty much impossible to take down, though it can be done. Then I've got the Lucky Emissary, all by his lonesome. Iron Skeeter with two gremlins in a ghillie suit for the plus one size so that he can carry the Lucky Emissary turn one. Uh, and also to help him a little bit later. Then a regular Iron Skeeter with no upgrades. Maris, that is my crew. Excellent. Sounds like a good crew overall. You've kind of touched on why you brought them into this pool. Uh, what schemes specifically are you taking here? I'm taking Claim Jump and Take Prisoner. I picked Claim Jump because my personal favorite thing, now that I've said it on a podcast, I can't do it anymore. It's going to be upsetting. <laughs> but I like to take Claim Jump on the Lucky Emissary. He's got the ability to do Steamroller. And the fact that he can just move 12 inches for a four of anything and his regular movement's an eight. I can be pretty much anywhere I'd like to be on the board, causing trouble, causing mayhem, or picking up uh, symbol of authority markers, and then in one turn, do steamroller, and then walk back to the center as my last action of the turn, and be able to get claim jump pretty easily without anybody stopping you, unless they're prepared for that move in particular. I also took Take Prisoner on the Dead Rider. It was kind of an iffy choice for me. Philip and the Nanny, thinking about it, may have been a little bit better, but I like the Dead Rider because I know for a fact that I'm almost never going to be put in a situation where I have the ability to kill that model outright very easily. Archie, on the other hand, I think if I put enough focus fire into him, I could. So my goal is to take prisoner on the Dead Rider because I can very easily catch him, I think, and hold him down. And he's got the Krooligans on his crew that he can teleport to models, but he can't teleport to the Dead Rider with them. So he's more likely to be on his own, so I'm more likely to catch him out to get my points for Take Prisoner. That's fair. Like I, That is a tricky model to take it on just because he is so mobile, but your whole crew is pretty much as mobile as he is. So that may end up working for you, I think. So, as far as where you've deployed in the lower right-hand corner... And uh, where you've placed your symbols of authority, any particular strategy you have there, or was it just kind of a, a throw it out and see what works? In general, with Zip, if I'm doing the two iron skeeter route, I have my two skeeters to push up my first mate and my lucky emissary, just to give them a little more range on turn one to cause a little more havoc and give me more vectors in which the opponent has to think about it. So I always set them up in the opposite corners of my deployment zone. It pushes out and it feels like I'm coming in from all sides. Uh, so the middle is kind of a weaker area. 
but at the same time, I can come back and collapse super hard if they try to go for that. And then my middle, I've got Maris and Zip. Zip is his entire goal of this game for me is going to be to mess with the symbols of authority markers and protect mine and throw their models out and set up uh, pianos to block off routes and maybe block off the center so that if I do need to run back in with the lucky emissary, I can take a little damage but roll over my own piano markers to get in the middle while having blocked them out of that center. And I just want him centralized so he can do whatever he needs to. Maris is currently sitting with Earl. My tentative plan is to run Maris over to the other side, drop Earl off, and uh, attempt to do a little bit of work with Earl. If he dies, I'm going to be a little upset, but it's not the end of the world, because Zip is, strictly speaking, on Symbols of Authority duty for the foreseeable game, as well as potential damage output, which he doesn't do a ton, but he's got enough that he could kill a model or put it down so something else could. Uh, and then Maris will then have the ability to uh, throw scheme markers down to make it look like I'm doing breakthrough, as she is a, a one-model breakthrough run uh, for the for some of those points. And then she also has the ability to pick up the symbols markers, as well as light some things on fire. And burning is always a lot of fun for the opponent. So yeah, that's a rough overview of my crew and my plans with them. I like it. Thanks. Yeah. So here's here's the real fun part. What do you think Nate has picked for his schemes? I think knowing Nate, he's probably going to try Breakthrough because he's a fan of Breakthrough. He also has Archie and the Dead Rider who are super fast, and he's probably going to try to jam them down my throat. Would be my guess, as well as the Cruelgan will then jump back and get his symbols, or he just tries to get them with Archie and them. And then I think he probably shot for Take Prisoner on. Gosh, I don't know. Um, on Zip, maybe? I don't know. The Lucky Emissary is too fast, but the Lucky Emissary can be blocked. So, uh, Oh, no, actually, he can't. That's right. Because uh, the first mate can leap. Yeah. yeah, and Take Prisoner has to be on a minion or enforcer, so Zip's out. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I knew that. I'm definitely not rusty in any way. It's all good. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think that uh, either Breakthrough or Take Prisoner or Breakthrough and Claim Jump, I don't think he took Spread Him Out or Runic Binding. There's a chance he did, but I can just deny it so easily and not even necessarily on purpose deny it by just trying to draw myself cards. So I think those are just terrible options for him. I wouldn't be surprised if he went Claim Jump, Take Prisoner either. All right, cool. Thanks. Yeah, no problem. All right, so you go get a beverage or something and I'll get Nate in here. Oh, they're cop noises. I told them that they had to tell me they were coming. <laughs> so I specifically didn't mention that we put Doug in your basement, Roman. I don't even have a basement. Uh, uh, yeah, you sure don't, do you? Right. Definitely don't look for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe I won't cut that out because that was pretty funny. <laughs> all right so i've go, gone over a few things with jake and uh i i think he has a pretty solid uh choice of of playing here so let's go ahead and jump to your side uh first off we know you picked resers 
Let's talk about why. Because Jake was playing Bayou? <laughs> no other reason. Mostly throw people for a loop. You know, normally the normally the gremlin guy, but uh, I've got I've got other loves. I got other other things I want to play. Uh, so I uh, I picked the other green people. I was gonna say you have other things you feel green about. Yes, absolutely. Excellent. Uh, as far as your leader, who and why? So I've got Molly Squidgepidge, mostly because I was considering Von Stuck into this game, but I've played Molly at least like once or twice, um, so. I kind of know what she does, and I, I like her. She seems fun, so I wanted to put her back on the table. And she's got some decent models to do what I need to do in the scenario and some good denial uh, with her ability to eat markers herself and move her models about with, you know, by her side and leaps on Archie and all that good stuff. Okay, that's fair. And and no Von Stuck because you also like having friends. Yeah, also, I wanted Jake to continue being my friend, despite the fact that he left me in Illinois for Texas. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> right, right. All right. So tell me a little bit about your crew. What besides Molly, or rather, who is, is coming with Molly and her necrotic machine today to uh, symbolize these authorities? All right. Well, while we're on Molly, I've given her Grave Spirit's touch. I'm used to Jake being a bit more aggressive, so I figured Regen 2. Uh, would be a nice, nice put on Molly. Uh, whether or not he's going to actively be trying to get at her is questionable. Uh, he might just because Zip's pretty good at, you know, could remove her out of the conflict basically by himself. So hopefully I can keep her alive. Necrotic Machine is there, of course. Brought Philip and the Nanny uh, is kind of a backfield piece. He's going to be trying to stay back and protecting my symbols with his chatty aura and his boring conversation. Brought Archie, of course. Uh, he's got the whisper, so he's got the intuition, so hopefully we can find those leaps instead of having to dig for them. And he will be either leaping back for symbols or punching anyone who dares get close enough to take an archie punch. I've also got the dead rider, because I'm playing Rezzers. Gotta bring the horse. Horse also has Grave Spirit's touch, so we got some extra regeneration. Gotta keep him alive, because I have a bad habit of overexposing riders, because I don't play with them very much since I normally play Bayou. And we've got a Rabble Riser for a bit of punch. Some knifey, knifey goodness. Do some stabbing if he gets close. Again, probably play him a little defensively. Keep him near Molly so she can reactivate him, basically, and fill up in the nanny. So anything that does want to come back and grab my symbols is going to have a hard time. And a Kruligan, which will be by your sighting, probably up to Archie. Or if I send up like the Necrotic Machine, we can send him up there and go grab those symbols for me that sounds good next we've talked about your crew i want to know what schemes you're going to have them do today all right so we have picked well going up against zip and the, the crew i kind of figured jake was going to be building and i was for the most part right this pool is going to be very difficult so i kind of had to go into the things that aren't heavily scheme marker based uh, so we're going in for Claim Jump. Okay. I took it on the Dead Rider, which was part of the reason I gave him the Grave Spirits Touch for that extra regen, plus his Chasing Fate tokens. We can hopefully get him stuck into the middle uh, come the later turns and just keep him alive. Maybe even try to avoid using a lot of his like big special abilities on Revel and Death. Just save those tokens for defense and just have him tank in the middle for the most part. 
Um, and then I can send the necrotic machine on to keep him healed up. Um, and then I also took take prisoner on one of his iron skeeters. They're, they can be hard to get to, but I can probably chase it down with Archie or Philip and the Nanny, especially since I've got Deadly Pursuit on Philip and the Nanny, so if I can even get close to it at the end of like the last turn, I can push in. Or at the end of a turn, I can just slip in that four-inch push and be right on it. So I took it on the one that's got the ghillie suit because I'm not going to have an easy time killing that anyway since it's got uh, disguise, so I can't charge it. So I can try to take out the other one to limit his mobility options and then leave the other one alive to try to get it caught up. Seems pretty solid on what is a pretty tough uh, pool overall, I think. Yeah, options are limited against Zib. <laughs> yeah. Next, I want to ask you, you took that uh, deployment in the upper left-hand corner as the attacker. Uh, why that corner? Mostly to avoid as much movement hindrance. I needed as much freedom as possible, especially going up against Zip, who's basically going to be literally flying free. Uh, so I took as much kind of defensive pieces that I could walk behind and then try to leap over. Uh, I got some boxes to block off some some paths, especially for the lucky emissary. I got to watch him rolling around, so as much stuff I can get in the way of that will be useful. Seems good. How about your uh, symbol placement? Any particular reason behind where you have those kind of in the the pockets of the deployment and off to the right behind a rock? Yeah, so I kept the two on the left on the on my kind of lower side. They're kind of closer as close together as possible. That's so that Philip and the nanny and Molly can play bodyguard on the two closer ones on my left flank. And then the other two I spaced a bit further out on my upper right flank so that if he sends anyone out there, looks like probably going to be an Iron Skeeter and the Lucky Emissary, they're going to be a bit more spread out and I can send Archie to like pick them off. That way I've got more isolated targets and then try to make the rest of the fight happen on this lower flank where I can have Molly doing as much damage as she can with Leth's Caress and what she does and the Dead Rider coming into that center point for, for Claim Jump will be a good block for those those markers. I know he's going to get past me and get at least a few of them, but trying to concentrate the fight into a couple pockets is my best bet. All right. Again, uphill battle, but sounds like a, a well-thought-out strategy. Here's my favorite part. What schemes do you think he took? Well, I would always guess Breakthrough, just because the first mate is so good at it, and if he can just literally get all the way deep into my deployment zone and past one of these silos there's not gonna be much i'm gonna be able to do about that especially because he's got the ghillie suit on the first mate as well so chasing him down is just an absolute nightmare um beyond that i don't feel like he's got a claim jump that seems unlikely given his crew um maybe a take prisoner zip's pretty good for that um, just because he can get in real quick, and any any of the fast models are good for that. So possibly a take prisoner, possibly even a spread them out, just because he's got the Skeeters, the Emissary, First Mate. He can really get out there, get markers down, and not have to worry too much about actually the extra AP it takes. Earl's good for that too, just because Maris will fly him up, it looks like, and then drop him off, and he can at least drop one scheme marker. And since you are a well-versed Bayou player uh, facing zip in something like this. 
I want to just give you the extra question of what are a few things that you are definitely on the lookout for that you had in your brain as you were planning your half of this game to look out for? Hmm. Interesting question. I know I got to be careful with the lucky emissary. Even having played that model, I it's easy to forget where a model that can just move 12 inches in one action can be at any given time. So I got, especially cause he's got it with that iron skeeter with the ghillie suit. So he can fly it up four inches, place it and then drive 12. So that thing can be just about anywhere it wants to be. And that's going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to tell where the steamroller is going to go. Yeah, for sure. All right. We've, pretty much covered everything so yeah let's go ahead and get jake back in here and we'll get you guys rolling all right sounds good so end of of turn one uh we have jake here because we're going to keep going in the same order because that seems less chaotic than just flipping a coin every turn i guess or a card that would make more sense you get a point sir you, you get okay. a piece of candy go find one <laughs> all right so jake tell us a little bit about what the highlights of round one were from your point of view um well i uh got a little aggressive with sip that's the main point of this turn but uh starting it all over my main strategy in general went off kind of without a hitch so i push both my iron skeeters out as i thought i would and push those models out sideways to give myself that full big effect. Lucky Emissary moved over to be right in front of the Symbols of Authority marker so that I would get my point for next turn, so I'm all set up for that. Uh, so that is on my right flank, and I think that's going okay. I have my Maris and Earl moved up into the middle a little bit more so I could properly address threats coming in. Um, it worked and didn't work. I drew a little bit of aggro from a rabble rouser that he reactivated. It came in, hit me, didn't do any damage, but still I've got a rabble rouser sitting right here, which I'm not a huge fan of. Zip, as I said at the beginning, I went in super hard. I engaged Molly. Turn one, it was at a point in which we both had to make some awkward plays. Um, so my goal was to jam Zip so far in there where I knew he would survive for a turn so it wouldn't be a huge deal. And he has done that. Uh, he has slow, which is very much not what I wanted, and has distracted, which matters a little less to me, but is was in there and basically stopped Molly from doing anything in this turn. By doing that, I also drew Archie and the rider to aggro zip, which kind of left me to do whatever I wanted on the rest of the board. The big trick is going to be how do I transition from here with zip. Moving back over to my left flank, I have the first mate, uh, the best model on my crew. Um, the first mate went up and engaged his Philip and the Nanny and Necrotic Machine, mainly just to be over there near a point so that he would have to stay over there to contest it, as well as to do a little bit of damage to Philip and the Nanny, as well as throw some distracted around on Molly. Um, so overall, I think things went okay this turn. Uh, not exactly what I wanted. I went a little more aggressive than I would normally go, but it was an awkward play, and I think that it was that or potentially sacrifice a point-scoring model. Okay. 
what would you say is probably like your top one or two things that went like especially well and is, is going to be setting you up well for the next turn? I would say my placement of the Lucky Emissary, I feel, is pretty darn good as I am auto-scoring a point, but probably my zip placement, as much of a mistake as it felt right after I did it, it forced his entire strategy to change, and it pulled all of his, his main models into this giant bubble in the middle, um, which now forces his models to fight their way out, while I can just pop out pretty much any time I want. So, I would say mainly zip, but getting my point secured, which is a notable problem that I have, is, is good for me too. Solid choices, and that, uh, that boring conversation holding all of them down definitely did work. This uh, this turn, uh, okay. Let's flip that. What were one or two things that you were like, "Oh, that could have been better," or that you maybe didn't see coming from from Nate? I think honestly, I forgot because I haven't played Molly in six months that she can reactivate a minion. So that reactivating rabble rouser jammed into my Maris, um, who's in general a pretty soft target with defense and willpower four, um, was kind of an issue and is going to be kind of an issue for me. I'm going to have to decide what to do and kind of super soon. Um, as well as I would say, uh, um, uh, Zip, although he's in a fantastic location for causing a lot of mayhem, uh, the slow and distracted on him may be an issue for me. So, we'll kind of see how that goes, but... Yeah, slow on a master is never fun. Uh, the more debuff you get, the less they do, and they're, you know, they're supposed to be doing a lot. Mm-hmm. So, given what we just talked about, what are your your next options, your future moves this next turn? I'm assuming, you know, pick up a, a symbol from your emissary is going to be top of the list. Yeah, uh, picking up a symbol... And then getting into a spot where I decide, um, and I'm going to try to go with him a little later, so I can decide as to whether I go for a second symbol with him um, on the the third turn, or as to whether I jump back and get my point for claim jump that next turn. In general, I'm probably going to try to wait a little later, but that's the main point. And I'm also waiting on the rider to spread out a little bit, so I can get my point for... um, take prisoner uh which i think will happen as the game progresses okay thoughts on what nate did this turn do you think he made some some good plays some bad plays some you know chaotic crazy plays as he likes to do and somehow makes them work uh i think nate's made some absolutely fantastic plays uh i think he got a little bit of bad luck with his main activations they didn't really do as much as he really wanted or needed them to do um if he had this game would have gone a little different and i think that his philip and the nanny play especially uh, especially there we go uh (laughs) was fantastic giving zip slow putting philip and the nanny in a spot that blocks me from getting a point off of just picking up the symbol of authority marker uh is is fantastic so i i think nate's made some great plays i'm concerned as always but (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm interested to see how this turn two goes for sure. Let's go ahead and get you out of here and we'll bring Nate in. Okay, sounds great. Cool.
So, Nate, end of round one. Give us your highlights of what happened this turn. Yeah, it's um, it's been a doozy. We both kind of spent a couple activations early on, just kind of dawdling about, as you do. Um, he did an Iron Skeeter, shuffled up the first mate. Earl did Chain Gang with Maris to get her moved up, etc., etc. Some basic stuff. I went with the, the Necrotic Machine and the Cruel again just to waste time. And then he kind of started coming at me. <laughs> just all of a sudden, like, huh. uh, I activated... I activated Philip and the nanny just to throw up boring conversation and really wasn't trying to do much. Just trying to save an activation so I could save the dead writer and Archie and Molly and all the good stuff for later. Um, and then he came in to Philip and the nanny and the necrotic machine with the first mate, which went okay ish. Not, not really much happened, but he got the first mate stuck in there with those two on that left flank. And then he came in at me real hard with zip. Just, came right at Molly. <laughs> and I wasn't expecting that. So he threw up his boring conversation, kind of tossed Molly around for a couple damage, and is now, like, in the middle of my crew, dropped three pianos to block, try to block off uh, the Dead Rider and the Rabble Riser, just to keep them kind of contained. So that was kind of the big conflict. And then that's about when everything started going a little downhill for me. Because I had some pretty grand plans here. Where I had the Rabble Riser go uh, just to focus and uh, try to... I was trying to get stunned with his trigger on his challenge attack onto Zip. Just because that'd be really good if I wanted to go into him with a bunch of attacks. But mm -hmm. that ultimately failed because... I couldn't pass a boring conversation test to, to save my life. Molly had a lot of trouble with that when she went after the Rabble Riser, because I did that specifically so I could give the Rabble Riser her reactivate for a forgotten that's already gone, forgotten minion, mm -hmm. which the Rabble Riser is. Uh, so she went, failed a bunch of um, boring conversations that I had to cheat. So I ended up with far less cards than I would have liked, especially given all the markers that were around for Molly to eat. She ate a piano, did draw two cards, uh, did constructive criticism to reactivate the Rabble Riser, and tried to do Disturbing Story on Zip, since he was moderately low on cards, so he would have taken three damage if I could have actually gotten a decent attack off. But that didn't happen, so Molly had a... Bit of a hit-or-miss turn, spending a lot more cards than I wanted to, given she only needed a four to pass those boring conversations. But sometimes your your deck treats you like that. I sent the I had the Pale Rider pick up the Rabble Riser, since he could reactivate, move him forward so I could send him into Maris and Earl, who are still hanging out in Jake's deployment, or not his deployment zone, but kind of... Side of the table. Yeah, on his side of the table, just a bit off the center line, behind a piano. Uh, so I picked the Rabble Riser up, moved him forward, then sent the Dead Rider back to try to put a swing on Zip, and he whiffs an attack. Then I went with Archie. Oh, Jake went with his Iron Skeeter, picked with the Ghillie Suit, picked up the Emissary, moved him forward, and then the Emissary ended up going up into my that far top right corner. And so when it came down to Archie... I didn't have any masks that he could leap with, so it really came down to what does intuition 
uh, from the Whisper. Give me if I could get that mask. I was going to rush after the Arcane Emissary or Lucky Emissary. Not, I was just going to go in and try to put some hurt on Zip. And my intuition revealed a five and two twos, Oof. which was not good. And none of them were, I didn't have the, it wasn't the mask. Well, he needs, yeah, he needs a four mask. So the five was like a ram anyways. So I was like, well, okay, we're going to send him into zip and try to, basically I was trying to use boring conversation to my advantage to burn off those bad cards. Um, I ended up being a bit overzealous with it and burnt off the bad cards, but also used the two decent cards I drew with Molly off of the piano that I ate. Ah, and then when I went to go with my rabble riser after that, Jake had the Jake had the realization, and I was right there with him after he said it. I didn't have any cards to flurry with, so I was only going to get one attack with my rabble riser instead of the two focused attacks he could have had. Yeah, not great there. Yeah, I charged in with my one attack against Maris, and that whiffed. And yeah, it was basically a lot of whiffing at the end of the turn. The be- really, the best thing to happen was I put one distracted on Zip when Molly discarded to give the Rabble Riser re- reactivate. <laughs> and slow. I gave I did give Zip slow. Philip and then Annie hit him with one more question whenever Philip went. So there you go. Zip does have slow, which is nice. That's going to put pressure on Zips, especially since he's in the middle of my crew. Yeah, so that's basically how the turn went. <laughs> Gotcha. And it, it really sounds like you've already covered uh, the what went wrong uh, aspect of, of my upcoming questions, which is, you know, you, you need to talk nicer to your deck and remind it that it yeah, has cards I, higher than weak, sounds like. Yeah, I, I had a decent hand going in and I just there were some things that just didn't go for me because I think I got a little little overzealous on some stuff and then had to re- rely on fate for the rest and fate wasn't with me because i'm facing dang wily gremlins <laughs> gotta watch those green skins so you gotta watch them with with everything that went wrong uh pick one or two things what what is the highlight thing that like did go well that you can use to to springboard into this next turn and and capitalize on yeah uh, okay um so I've got the rabble riser in a good position uh if i get initiative i can probably just take maris off the board and potentially put some damage on Earl, too. Especially because Maris will explode. So, that's not a bad thing. I can I can, I can, can push into his, like, softer primary forces and hold him back there. Then all he's got is Iron Skeeters, the Emissary, Zip, and the First Mate. If I can, if I can put the hurt on those two. And Earl's basically stuck, unless he sends an Iron Skeeter to go get him. So I think that's where my, my pressure needs to be starting off if i can get like an initiative next turn Mm -hmm. um zip being slow and having a distracted is nice um especially since he is surrounded by archie the rider and molly so he's kind of stuck um i'm probably not going to get a turn where he doesn't get off um boring conversation he'll probably if i don't just kill maris he'll probably go with zip first he might just go with zip first regardless and put a board conversation just to be that big distraction piece. All those models, other than Archie, have high willpower, but you can't rely on that all the time. Yeah. Really, it comes down to I may need to get Archie out of there if I can get a leap um, towards a symbol and then get a Kruligan onto it. I have, I still have options. Um, basically, really not a lot happened other than Zip just did what Zip does and played the distraction piece quite well. Mm-hmm. He's going to... 
unless I can really zip Archie off to go get the lucky emissary, he's going to get a symbol. Um, that's fine. I can live with that. And I just have to push forward and make sure I'm doing the same. And it shouldn't be too hard to get my claim jump, especially if I can do the damage I want to do with the Ravel Riser. So I can get the claim jump on the pow- on the dead rider. Okay. So so next turn, the plan sounds like try and get that claim jump. Uh, sounds like hopefully get the Kruligan up to grab you a symbol. Yeah. Okay. Uh, beyond that, any any plans for next turn to set up for the following turns? Honestly, I kind of have to take it one turn at a time. Zip's crew can be in so many places at once. I'm kind of trying to play a little defensively. I have been from the start. The good thing is I know the Arcane Emissary is basically going to be not exactly where he is, but pretty close to where he is right now for the turn. He'll probably try to set up to like either move or steamroller into the next symbol for next turn. Um, and I can keep most people at least away from my middle symbol just because Molly's there, so they're going to be taking taking heat from that. Okay. And, and, Phil, and Phillip's on the other side uh, with Chatty by the other symbol, so my left flank is a lot stronger. I can give up the right flank and try to push push in, basically. Gotcha. So, obviously, you 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 probably think Jake's doing a pretty good job of, of movement so far. What do you think his schemes are, based on how this turn's gone? It's really hard to tell, just because... I mean, other than, like, it'll depend on how he wants to allocate the first mate. If the first mate's just hunting symbols, I, I kind of doubt the first mate's going to be a symbol hunter, because he's got the, the lucky emissary at least there for this turn. So I have to watch the first mate and see if he's going to be going for breakthrough. Um, I really do kind of assume he's going to go for breakthrough, but he'll have to be very careful about his activation on that. So the, the question is, is he going to do it early, or is he going to wait? And just try to put the hurt on my models and then just slip past and do the quick first part of breakthrough whenever I don't have much defensively back there. Yeah. As far as the second scheme, it's hard to tell. Throwing out a scheme marker, but it's on his side, so I don't know if he's... That kind of leaves out, spread them out, unless he really starts putting down some more scheme markers on my side. Maybe setting up runic binding, but I really doubt he would be going for that. And he could always be towing for take prisoner, maybe. But that'll all depend on like basically we throw basically like wherever he throws the first mate or zip at will be the big tell as far as like what he's trying to score. Okay, sounds good. Let's go ahead and get on to turn two and see how it all shakes out. Let's do it. Cool. So that. Turn two was a big turn. Lots of things happened, Jake. Tell us about them. Well, we had some big brain plays, um, and uh, none of them were by me. Uh, so, <laughs> we... I don't even know where to start. This turn has been a year. Much like this actual year. So, as predicted uh, by everyone, I <laughs> uh, luckily got first. That was not predicted. And I went with Zip. Threw up his aura again, made a rather controversial play here, um, and decided to stay in the murder bubble when my better judgment told me I probably shouldn't have. But I wanted to give it a shot, and I had some pretty high cards in hand. Uh, I had the Red Joker, 
I had a 13 and a 12 and a 7 or something else. Um, so I had an okay hand, and I had plenty of stones, so I thought I'd be fine. Uh, I made two fatal calculations here. Uh, I forgot that Molly's attack is a willpower attack, which I know, uh, just forgot. And then I thought that Nathan had cheated already and hadn't, and cheated my Red Joker, ultimately leading me to lose Zip this turn. As far as that huge play, some other things that happened were I lost Earl as well. Earl, to me, is not a huge play, or it's not a huge deal to me with the way that I play, or was playing Earl this game. I had him kind of back, and I was just going to leave him somewhere with Maris, so I wasn't super, super worried that he died, but he did also. I... As expected, got my point with the Lucky Emissary on the top for the strategy. That was most of the major action this turn. Okay, so let's let's not bury the lead here. How did the points scoring go on your side uh, this oh, turn? Oh, uh, yeah. So I got my point for the strategy. Okay. I have held the Lucky Emissary in a spot where he can dash down to the middle and get me my claim jump point. Um, and I've set my Iron Skeeter up to get me my second point for the strategy. So for right there, I'm looking pretty okay. For the other point of Take Prisoner, he has kept the Dead Rider. He hasn't sent it out in any way, which is a bit unusual. I expected him to send it out a little bit. But yeah, kind of waiting on that still. Okay, so... Again, let's do kind of your your big two moments of what went wrong this mm -hmm. turn. Uh, my big two moments, it was mainly the, the zip situation, me forgetting things I should know, and uh, misunderstanding and cheating a card. Um, anyways, that, and that, that honestly is, is most of it for me this turn. I feel like I had a couple ineffectual plays. The first mate didn't go super well, but... I would focus it all on that zip play that I misplayed super hard by keeping him there and fumbling some stuff. Okay. And what did go well? We know you got the point from, from the Lucky Emissary. Presumably that's one thing. Yeah, I'm set up okay for a couple of points. Uh, I basically have my choice of um, which strategy marker I want next turn. If I go first, uh, I just hop the first mate over with his leap, and I'm in perfect range to pick up a, um, a strategy marker, uh, which leaves me free in the top to take a couple shots at Archie, and then run the Lucky Emissary down. Depending on where his dead rider goes, I'll be set pretty good for that point, too. Alright, uh, so, we talked a little bit about the future, uh, moves already, uh, I didn't ask this last time, but I meant mm -hmm. to. And with uh, the with it being a low-scoring turn and a lot happening, what do you think, based on what Nate's doing, what do you think his schemes are now? Same same idea as kind of the pregame, or have you maybe adjusted that a bit? I'm thinking, based on where he's holding the Dead Rider, he could still have Claim Jump on the Dead Rider, which would be super awkward for me. But not the end of the world. Um, I can work around that. I think that I thought he had take prisoner on the first mate, 
but he was set up in the perfect spot and didn't declare it. Um, there's a chance he took it on something else, but thus far I've seen no scheme markers from him. So that leads me to believe that he's respecting the fact that Zip can just trash all over him if he lays down scheme markers in the wrong spots anyways. Okay. Seems pretty solid. I think this uh, this next turn is going to tell us a lot. Most definitely. All right. Well, best of luck on it. All right, Nate, round two. Big things happened as I just got... Big things happened, correct. As I just got done talking about with Jake, let's hear your side of the story. What happened this turn? Um, Well, big thing one, Zip is dead. Um, he, he did delay me, like, I won't deny, because Jake won initiative, and did what I, exactly what I expected him to do, because it's what I would have done in the same situation. You activate Zip first, you activate Boring Conversation, and you drain everyone's life of just fun and enjoyment. Which is why it's fun to play Zip. Um, (laughs) fortunately, I passed a lot more Boring Conversation duels off the deck than I did last turn. So Molly had a pretty good time of once I got his hand whittled down a little bit, or he, you know, used cards for stuff, as you do eventually. Got him down to that three-card threshold, and then Molly just went and blasted him for three consecutive disturbing stories for nine irreducible damage. Feels good. Yeah. That put Zip down to one wound, and it was just a matter of getting one more big enough attack that he wasn't going to spend a soul stone to really bother. Which came in the Dead Rider, who then made up for all those not-failed Boring Conversation duels by failing a couple of those for me. And he went in and finally did the deed on... His- Actually, I had to use all his fate tokens on the trigger uh, for the spinning scythe on his Revel and Death so I could get a free attack. So he did spend at least one stone to prevent that one damage, but then I got an attack off for Minimum three, and it wasn't worth it at that point to even try. Speaking of stones, uh, where are both of your stone counts at at the moment? Um, a good segue for probably my favorite moment of the turn when I used my last card. All right, well, let's let's step back here. One of my my believe second to last activation was Archie, who intuitioned into nothing I could leap with, so it wasn't useful. So he just kind of waddled his way up to the right upper right corner where the emissary and one of jake's iron skeeters went up to to steal one of my symbols which he did do so he's got a point there so i just sent archie to hopefully go harass them for the next turn and keep them off another point hopefully um so then but i had some decent cards there and jake was down to one card in his hand so i you know reordered them to a decent position and uh discarded my last card in hand to teleport the Kruligan up to philip and the nanny and steal one of the first mate soul stones. So now, instead of being two soul stones for Jake, one for me, it is now one soul stone for Jake, two for me, which feels all right. That comes at the cost of not having been able to get the cruel again into a position to get one of his symbols of authority. But we'll worry about that next turn. I I can play down on that point. I think I can keep Jake off of these two symbols. Pretty okay. I mean, the first mate might slip past and grab one. But if he does that, he's probably losing out on some other stuff. Um, yeah, it'll just be a fight to make him spend his time. And I should be able to 
get my claim jump on the Dead Rider pretty uncontested, and the Iron Skeeter is going to be pretty difficult to put down for um, Take Prisoner. But I think we can do it. Uh, the only other fight of relevance currently would be the Rabble Riser versus Maris. The Rabble Riser went early, so basically Zip went, and then I activated a Rabble Riser, and didn't do quite as much as I wanted to do, but I managed to get a good focused hit off on Earl and take him out in one hit. And then Maris retaliated with some throwing me around and some bottles, and the other Iron Skeeter came in and charged me. So my Rabble Riser's got... Two or one wound left and two burning, so and he's surrounded by Maris and the Iron Skeeter, so he's basically dead. If I get activation, I'm gonna go with him first because he will die. Um, but if I can just go with him first, that'd be nice. Get the damage out. There you go. So, uh, scoring, you are you're down uh, nothing to one. Correct. So. That leads me to go, what is your plan for this next turn? The plan is, and I need to make sure I don't get distracted, but I can send the Dead Rider in and probably take out Maris, and that's about where I want to be for Claim Jump anyways. And if I can just take her out, then that's not a problem. Um, between the her and the Iron Skeeter, I can clear that middle point so the Dead Rider has no contest for Claim Jump. And I don't necessarily think Jake thinks I'm going for Claim Jump just because he's not really been in the center very much. And I don't think he's really going for it either. Uh, maybe he does. Who knows? Uh, beyond that, I'm going to try to get Philip and the Nanny a little further in so I can jump onto the symbols with my Cruel again. Failing that, I could uh, use the Dead Rider to bring in the Cruel again or Molly to grab some of those symbols. Uh, back in his back near his deployment zone, because uh, I really do need to get on that. Um, yeah, so it's really going to be down to Dead Rider, probably bringing someone in to the center uh, with him, and he'll fight in the center, and then they can go and grab some symbols and get points. And then I don't necessarily have a plan for the Iron Skeeter. It's going to just kind of fall down to where he ends up. If he ends up, you know, sneaking around to my back line, I might have to teleport the Kruligan back in to take him prisoner. If he comes in for a fight, well, I will welcome that and score some points off of him. So that's my general plan. There you go. Yeah, I think currently with where you're standing, it looks like you're hoping the uh, emissary moves off and uh, the Iron Skeeter stays where Archie can get to him and hopefully you actually find a mask for Archie to leap. Yeah, and even if he doesn't, I think Archie can get to him unless he literally just runs off entirely. I don't necessarily want to spend Archie entirely just scoring Take Prisoner, but it'll it, it's still worth his stones, so if I have to do it, I'll do it. Okay. I think we've generally covered the what went well and what went wrong ideas just in, in general covering, so I'm going to jump back to uh, what do you think Jake's schemes are? I still don't know. And has that changed based on this based on this turn? Um, I think I'm holding the same the same assumptions. Um, I'm always going to assume breakthrough with with a crew that includes Lucky Emissary and the first mate. Um, he seemed really cognizant of take prisoner, so I don't know if maybe that's something he's got lined up. Uh, other than that, it really could be anything. Um, but I I'm not thinking he's, I basically don't think he has claim jump. I don't think he's going to take runic binding. So we'll see if he starts trying to lay out some scheme markers 
Maris is in the crew, so that is definitely a possibility. Um, and take prisoner. Take prisoner is a decent option if he can find something that's just not going to move much. If it's the rabble riser, he's in trouble because that thing's going to die. So <laughs> that is very true. You have a zombie on fire. Yeah, he probably smells awful. Probably not. Definitely not that nice uh, hickory smoked smell. All right, let's get on to turn three and see where this goes. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So end of turn three. Again, lots of interesting things happen here. This is a a very... I can see where it's making wheels turn in the players' heads. From a player's perspective, there are points where it, it feels grindy, Jake, but there's a lot going on. Would you would you agree with that assessment? Oh, yeah, there is tons going on. Um, and me and Nathan are both, we've played enough that no matter how close games seem, there's or how far away games seem, they're always, in general, pretty close. Uh, they're all predicated on one or two major mistakes, um, and that's major uh at the the level and they get punished super hard Mm -hmm. so all right so uh tell us a little bit about turn three what happened here of all those many many things uh well um some more models died or whatever uh specifically just one uh the lucky emissary (laughs) um i shot my shot with the lucky emissary and missed um I probably should have held him back a turn, but I felt like I needed to get the points. And Archie kind of had him cornered, so uh, we're out those points, um, which kind of kind of pretty painful. Operating two points down, uh, never a fun, never a fun thing. But on the other hand, Nate doesn't know that you're operating two points down. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and currently on paper, I look like the best player. Uh, it's currently not the case. Uh, as I am winning 3-1, to one, I think that will quickly change. <laughs> um, and uh, it's going to turn around pretty hard here, I think. So with scoring this turn, uh, you both got the strategy, and you did manage to get the uh, take prisoner on the Dead Rider. Tell us a little bit about how you pulled that off. Um, I basically just kind of waited for the dead rider to come out, um, as he was going to anyways. Um, I had to do a little bluffing to kill his rabble rouser who was engaged with me and the dead rider. Um, I did it at great expense to my hand, uh, (laughs) but he died. Um, I was able to play it off as if it didn't matter. Uh, so he kept models away and I still got that point, um, so there are three enemy models within six inches of the Dead Rider. So it was a uh, razor's edge there as to whether I got that point or not. Yeah, sounds like that's a, an especially well-timed piece of work there. So that went well. Clearly the emissary not getting you the points did not go well. Uh, mm. Any other highlights or lowlights you want to point out specifically? Um, I still think... I'm going to be able to pull this game closer than I initially thought on turn two. Um, I thought it was going to be a complete blowout. I thought I'd get two points and that was going to be the game, but it looks like 
I'm maybe going to be able to get a few more. I don't know. We'll we'll kind of see. Uh, game's exciting, and we're all clumped in one, you know, six-inch spot, <laughs> except for three models. Yeah, no, that's a... Uh... It's honestly a little weird to see. Uh, I, I would not have seen this game going that way, the way you guys first started. That whole uh, left flank has really just kind of moved back towards the center. Mm. So, so, we still don't know what either of Nate's schemes are. Again, just to take your temperature on this one, what do you think he's got based on what's going on right now, and why hasn't he declared anything yet? Um... I'm thinking the place that he ran the Dead Rider means he's probably... I'm I'm thinking he's got Breakthrough, which he's going to try to accomplish with the Dead Rider and the Krooligans. Um, and then he's got Archie hovering around the center. He hasn't really left the center all that much. Um, and since it's mostly clear, I think he's probably getting um, Claim Jump with him. It's the only thing I can figure. Um... I'm honestly not sure. It could be with Philip and the Nanny, too. Because uh, that's just the kind of model that Nathan likes to put it on. So, yeah. It it could go anywhere still. <laughs> okay. And with that in mind, what's your plan for this next turn? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, pretty much the same plan I had last turn, which was uh, try to hold on as hard as I can and see what happens. Um, I'm going to try to stick on the Dead Rider pretty hard. Because I really need that point. Uh, and I'm also going to go super hard for his Symbols of Authority point. Um, I don't think I can deny him one of my own. Um, and I just have to see if he's going for scheme markers. Uh, and if he is, I have to try to eat him. If he's going for breakthrough or something like that. So, yeah, I, I don't know. A little bit of everything. <laughs> All right. Throw it at the wall and see what sticks. We'll find it out at the end of next turn. Yeah, thank you, sir. Yeah, end of turn three, as I just uh, talked with Jake. Turns out that uh, while this game looks kind of grindy from like a player's perspective, uh, just thinking about what needs to go when and all the moving parts for both of these crews, like there is a lot happening. This is not, this isn't a interesting game to watch, which is not something I can say about every game. Yeah, fair. Um, I feel like personally, like I'm winning the fights, but that's at the expense of actually scoring points which is why I'm currently down two. Yeah, so really the question becomes is, will you be able to, in turn four and five, score all your points since you have won the fights up until now, I guess is the, the real gamble you're taking. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at is I, I'm gambling everything to win these win these last two turns and win hard. Okay. Well, let go ahead and give us uh, your your view of the events of this turn. Well, um, I got initiative, so I went ahead and went with the 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 knife boy, the rabble riser, before he died, just to get some damage out. That was somewhat effective. Um, I got ha half of Maris down, so if I can get her knocked out next turn, that'll be good. I can probably just take her out with the dead rider and get him in position for. Um, claim jump. I probably don't want to do that too early to avoid giving that away. Mm -hmm. 
Um, besides that, I was able through a couple turns of delaying and I basically activated the Kruligan to walk back and focus next to Molly. And then she got to, she react, basically gave it reactivate, gave it another focus. And that, that basically got me initiative. I can, I can basically always have, an, uh, not initiative, uh, activation control. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Basically as long as I don't lose a model and like, especially if I can like kill one of Jake's models and then give one of my minions reactivate, I can very solidly clench activation control with Molly just because of her reactivate ability. It's mm -hmm. really strong. And now I've got a Kruligan with four focus so he can defend himself for the most part. That is a, that is a very focused Kruligan. I'm glad to hear he's taking his uh, ADHD medication. Yeah. And that, that let me, so I had the dead rider sweep down away from where he had been fighting zip, uh, grab the necrotic machine, ride with me towards the middle and then I charged in onto Maris and the Iron Skeeter that was there. Uh, just to, again, try to put some damage on Maris. I whiffed that attack, but it got the Necrotic Machine in, who then walked further in towards the middle. Uh, he got charged by the Iron Skeeter, but I was able to finally get off of his uh, strange behavior action, which gave me that uh, three-inch push and take an action. And then I got to slip around the Iron Skeeter teleport the Kruligan in with by your side and grab my first symbol of authority. So that is my current point, my single point that I've scored. Beyond that, I had a... Uh, he went up with the Iron Skeeter to grab that other symbol, so he's got two of those picked up, and then came in with the Lucky Emissary, charged in on Archie, and then steamrolled it over me. And then I kind of had to look and think... Alright, am I going to send Archie to score my uh, Take Prisoner point this turn? Or do I want to kill the Lucky Emissary and get that out of my way? The deck with Intuition had the good fortune to show me a 12 and a Red Joker. So I decided that was the sign the Lucky Emissary needs to die now. So I charge him with Archie, hit that 12 that I put on top of my deck... He doesn't cheat, and then Red Joker pops up on the negative damage flip. There's seven damage. And then I flurry, and then I get another attack. That's a dead lucky emissary. End of turn three. Sounds like. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, I, I had to make choices, and the choices went towards winning the fights, and hopefully I can spend these next two turns scoring the points. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so... A lot of good stuff happened there. Uh, what would you say was the low points of the turn? Anything unexpected Jake threw at you? Um, Jake rushed the first mate away, so I still don't know what his other scheme is. Um, I don't know if he's going to try to do breakthrough with that Iron Skeeter, which will make um, doing Take Prisoner hard, because that is my Take Prisoner Iron Skeeter, the one that's mm -hmm. fur further away grabbing symbols. Um. Again, I'm still convinced he's got Breakthrough. I could absolutely be wrong. Who knows? Uh, he did reveal Take Prisoner on my Dead Rider, uh, which he got with Maris, which was very clever, and I applaud him, but that makes total sense because Dead Rider is hard to kill. That's going to be a problem just because I'm trying to do Claim Jump, and he's at least going to try to get a model on him turn five. Mm -hmm. So I have to go for that first point, So which means I basically have to get Maris down. Um, so it's going to be sticky. It's going to be sticky actually scoring my points. Because the first mate's mobile enough. 
Maris is clever enough that I'm worried about her doing what Maris does. Uh, he still has an Iron Skeeter down here on this lower flank by his deployment. Uh, but if I can deal with those models, I can bag this up pretty good. If I can't, I have complications. And then the other complication is, what is he going to do with this Iron Skeeter? Is he going to run in and grab symbols and deal with Molly, who's literally still touching my deployment zone? She's just back here defending my two symbols that are relevant. Or is he going to try to score breakthrough? And if he does, I have to basically run like Archie back to go get that Iron Skeeter, and that just feels bad. But I'll do what I have to do. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you, you're pretty convinced he's got breakthrough, and you're seeing how he, he's going to end up having to do his symbols. What Specifically for you, what are you planning on getting for those symbols? If the Dead Rider's heading back forward, are you just having the uh, necrotic machine and the Kruligan shuffle around and, and jump to each other? To get yeah, that? yeah. this big piece of dense terrain is, or severe terrain, dense and concealing, um, is a pain, and especially the necrotic machine having slow because of the first mate is a pain. But if I can get him shuffled out of the fight with that action again, that um, strange, strange behavior action, mm -hmm. I can I can make that happen. It's going to be a little difficult, uh, but I I can I can make something happen. If not, I just really got to push them schemes. Well. On that front, I hope you can improve on your 25% uh, success rate on that action. Uh, oh, my. Black Jokering it twice. Uh, two separate turns. Black Jokering it twice and consistently hitting three or lower when I need a four. Yep. Like. You heard it here first, kids. Who, Statistics is a sham. It's. Who is it? It's Cody Hyatt, right? Who's always talking about like never wanting to take target number models because oh, yeah. like that's that's Cody one hundred percent. You you just you just they always fail you. Like yeah, I'm I'm feeling you. I'm feeling you, Cody. I don't know if you listen to Steam Powered Scoundrels, but boy howdy, am I feeling the the Cody Hyatt hate for target numbers <laughs> in my bones. Well, hopefully you and your undead bones can uh, get that one figured out for this turn. Let's uh, see how turn four treats you. Let's do it. All right. So, end of turn four. And uh, as we've come to expect, things happened in a fairly large and uh, very important to turn order way. Jake, why don't you go ahead and tell us about them? Nathan finally revealed uh, his schemes both of which I called being claim, jump, and take prisoner. Um, so he didn't go breakthrough like I did think was a possibility. Um, he took oh, claim, jump on the dead rider and take prisoner on my one remaining Skeeter, as one of them died this turn. Um, and he pulled them off pretty darn masterfully without me being able to stop them. So the score currently sits at four points for me and three points for him. That is a solid points recap. I was going to say, from my point watching the game, the, the biggest thing that occurred to me is both of you were... The, this was the turn where it really seemed like both of you were trying 
to extra hard read what the other one's going to do and try to really uh, get into that denial gear. Uh, and I think, and again, I'm kind of watching this from the view of, I know what both your schemes are. Mm -hmm. It really came across to me like you were essentially trying to think, okay, I think he's going to do this. So I'm going to activate this other model first to try and either, you know, engage it. So it can't go get a, a scheme or excuse me, can't go get a, a symbol, uh, which you did very well at, mm. uh, or in his case, like, Honestly, his his big bluff was the the bouncing the Kruligan back to Molly to reactivate it just to make you worry it was going to bounce over to Archie and go get that uh, symbol. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely did not see that one coming. Um, it was super solid. I really expected him to shoot over for that other point, but uh, getting the, the point on the Skeeter was probably... Super important because we were going into the last turn, so he has to get that point. Um, and if he can get his take prisoner point on my Iron Skeeter, and he can take the uh, second point for claim jump on the Dead Rider, as well as pick up a Symbols Marker, that's going to be a pretty tough game for me. I pretty much have to stop one of those things from happening at bare minimum. So what's your game plan then on getting your remaining points and denying his, I would say, in this next turn? Yeah, um, my main game plan is probably going to be something to the effect of trying to make sure um, if I can go second, that'll be good so I can get the last activation uh, this round by burning my pass tokens. And then making sure that my first mate is next to the dead rider at the end of the game. Um, preferably outside of the center area so he doesn't get the second point for claim jump. Um, yeah. Because there is no restriction on a model being near it for that second point. Just the first yeah, one. For, yeah, the second point you just have to have it below half wounds. Yeah, so honestly, I think Maris and the first mate are really going to both have to kind of work pretty hard to get the dead rider kind of out of position. Um, and I, I think that the the Iron Skeeter is just going to have to run for it at this point um, just to get as far away as I can get him, uh, which I don't know if that will even be enough. So <laughs> uh, it's going to be a, a, a closer game than I thought, uh, especially going into turn the, the end of turn two. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'll lose by one point. Two points, maybe. So, yeah. Could be worse. Okay. So, overall, sounds like you're aiming for uh, splitting, denial, and gaining your own points. Thankfully, with uh, Take Prisoner on the Rider and trying to get it out of position, or at least under half, that's something you can do. Mm -hmm. We know your claim jumps out of, out of play. Nate doesn't, mm -hmm. uh, so you may be able to get that uh, bluff going still. Are you going to try and get that last symbol, or is trying to get the Skeeter out of out of the way more uh, probable there? Um, I can't get to that last point uh, the way it currently stands. If the Skeeter wasn't engaged, um, I could walk and then... You gotta fly with me. You can't use fly with me in engagement. 
Right. Okay. I keep forgetting that point. Yep. Because <laughs> I thought the same thing. I was like, nope. Uh, so yeah, uh, that means that that is that point is probably out. Um, so I just have to concede that that point is not going to happen. Um, and I think I just have to focus as much as I can on just making sure I have a model next to the dead rider at the end of the turn, um, which means sacrificing almost everything else to get me that point to deal a little bit of damage if I can to the dead rider, um, which will then, you know, potentially be a two point swing, which could get it a lot closer uh, for me. So, yeah. All right. Well, you're going into this uh, turn one point ahead. Uh, best of luck holding on to that lead. Thank you. And it's time to talk about how the fourth turn went for the Rezzer side of things. Yeah, we're we're moving into scoring position now. Well, we've we've moved into scoring position. So, um, we kind of dawdled about with some models, Necrotic Machine. Uh, Kruligan took a second to just kind of activate so that whenever I, I popped back to Molly so I could get that reactivate just for the extra activation. What else kind of dawdled about? Archie. Archie dawdled over half the board. Yeah, Archie. So Archie got charged by the Iron Skeeter who's... Well, no. So we have to go back to Philip and the Nanny who I used my Red Joker on for an attack because I thought it was going to get me a symbol with the Kruligan. Because I used the mass trigger for rollover to roll away to try to get that other symbol in the middle of his deployment zone, that middle V of the flank deployment, um, which was which was a good start. I uh, got the uh, uh, what do you call it? The Iron Skeeter down to like one health with a bunch of damage and uh, poison, so he was going to die come the end of the turn. I think that was between Philip and the Necrotic yeah. Machine. And then Philip pushed back towards the symbol to try to uh, give the Kruligan a good drop-off spot. Uh, something stopped that. Uh, Maris threw you. Maris. Mar- thank you. Maris picked up Philip and the nanny, threw me further into the brush in the middle here, which meant that that symbol was impossible to get. So I gave up on symbols for this turn. Just wasn't going to happen. Um... Uh, he charged the Iron Skeeter over to Archie. I teleported the Kruligan over to Molly again so I could get that uh, reactivate on it just to get that extra activation. And secret, secret, uh, the Iron Skeeter came over there to grab that uh, symbol by Molly so I knew I could lure it in for Take Prisoner. Uh, Archie ran over. He is now in base contact with the symbol over on the far right flank. There's really no uh, no stopping him. He'll just pick that up next turn and score a point. Good job, Archie. Proud of your boy. The first mate leapt over and tried and gave the dead rider slow, which was a, a good solid play trying to lag me out. But I was able to ride with me out and then walk all the way to the center, which got me my claim jump, even though I was slow. And with regenerate, that got me enough health to hopefully last this thing out with the dead rider he should be fine he's got five more fate tokens coming in he'll have eight so he'll be fine i had to use a couple just uh oh yeah i used four of them on my defense against the first mate and lo and behold on double negatives jake flipped severe so that was a good choice a lucky good choice but 
unnecessary one to keep my claim jump target at a decent mm-hmm. health. And then I basically ended the turn by moving the Kruligan up and corning the Iron Skeeter next to a piano in my deployment zone. So that got me my take prisoner. And I, yeah, that was the turn. Very, very solid. We've kind of covered the what went well and what went wrong already in that recap there. What do you think Jake's uh, other unrevealed scheme is? I really don't know, and it's driving me crazy. I'm still I'm still banking on it being breakthrough, and he doesn't have enough AP to get to it. Um, it could be claim jump with like the first mate or something. I don't know. So he could get a point on that. Unless I do some serious damage to it, which is certainly a possibility. Um, it could be, again, could be Breakthrough, which is possible. I feel like I've got Jake at a point where he doesn't have enough AP to score a lot of the schemes. I'm not going to relax because I know Jake could pull some clever, clever, cleverness out on me. But there, there are options, but I think as long as I can be smart... I can hold this one down. Okay. So going into this final round, what's kind of your plan for scoring your points versus denying his? Um, I want Maris dead. I want Maris dead as early as possible. That um, that up we go action is devastating to my claim jump plan just because it can move me and mm-hmm. do damage. So I really would like initiative so I can just kill her straight off with the dead rider and then continue to score my claim jump. Other than that, my other plan is to have Molly walk up next to the Iron Skeeter so that he's literally wedged in between Molly, a Kruligan, and a piano. And if Mo- especially if Molly can give him slow with one more question, he's he's done for. He can he can really only destroy the piano mm-hmm. and that's it because he can't fly with, he can't fly with me out of engagement. So, if I can just slow him down and hold him next to that piano, I've got that cl- that take prisoner point. Archie's going to get a symbol point for me. So it really comes down to if I can just ace off Maris real quick. I think I've got this in the bag. Okay. That sounds like a a solid plan. Uh, Let's see how it turns out. And we'll talk to you both at the end of the turn. Yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. All right. End of turn five. And uh, let's go ahead. Nate. Paint me a picture of how that turn developed. Yeah, so I think both Jake and I kind of saw the writing on the wall of things had to go perfectly for him, and I had to kind of get myself into the perfect position for me, and I was the one who ended up in the perfect position, as it was. Um, I won initiative, as I was talking about in the last turn, I wanted to do, because then the dead rider could just go. I nuked Maris before she could do anything. That gets me an activation up. He spends pass tokens to pass time. I walk Molly up to mo- have Molly and the crew again literally body the Skeeter against a piano and give him slow with her one more question. And then, yeah, I basically had Archie grab the last... or. One, another symbol for me, so I get another point on that. And he was trying to get the, the first mate in and trying to get my dead rider down on health, but I had more than enough tokens to keep the dead rider at eight out of his nine wounds because Grave Spirit's Touch, gotta love that regeneration on the rider. That kept him up and running. So 
it was uh it was certainly a brawl out jake got his take prisoner because there wasn't anything i could do about that the first mate was just gonna score that unless i somehow nuked him off the table but i got my take prisoner got my last claim jump got another symbol putting me six to five and it was a brilliant game all around I definitely agree having just watched it as well. Uh, Jake, how are you feeling about uh, this? What what surprised you? What uh, do you think either one of you could have done better? What were what were just the, the moments of brilliance for both of you? Not the Jacob Lynch oh. drug. <laughs> I mean, that is my favorite <laughs> drug. But uh, I, I think... Um, I think that Nate holding his cards, uh, metaphorically speaking, uh, right, until the last moment really pushed his ability to do things without me stopping him to the next level because I had no chances to react in those moments um, just as to where I was put because I was too busy trying to stop four different schemes uh, (laughs) at the same time and I just couldn't do it uh, and I hedged my bets on the wrong spots. All right, Nate, same question. Yeah, no, I... I'm kind of relieved to hear uh, that he had claim jump on the lucky emissary. That was, uh, I'm going to call that lucky on my part. Archie, Archie apparently saw that coming and decided it was red joker time. So that's, I think I, I had some definite blessing, you know, luck on my side, but I also, I also think it was in my best interest to just play, play down until I knew I could slip in on the win there at the very end. Solid. Uh, so I'm, I kind of want to bookend the question I asked you uh, pre-game one. Again, you know Bayou, you know Zip's crew. Did your previous player information about how they work, did that serve you as well and in the same ways as you were expecting it to here? Or did were there any moments where you're like, oh, wait, they can't do X, Y, and Z very well, and you, you kind of pulled out a, a way to get around them? Not particularly. Um, the main thing I was, again, the, the thing that kind of threw me off the most, and I've been saying it for the past five turns, I was honestly surprised Jake didn't have Breakthrough. And I just, I was completely pre- prepared for Breakthrough. And I just kept, like, when's he going to go into the deployment zone? When's he going to go into my deployment zone? And he never did. Which, honestly, kind of threw me off. But it was enough to, like, hold me back. That's why, that's why Molly really didn't go much further, other than it was good for her to be back but also she probably could have done more on the front line if she'd moved a little further up that and zip just charging in like a crazy green little mm. little man he is got it uh jake on your end say we re-rack this game what would you do differently uh we re-rack this game um i probably would change my crew up a little bit um I think I needed a little more firepower than I had. Um, being my first game in a while, I have a tendency to over overdo killing, and I'm very good at it normally. Um, but I didn't take hardly any of it in this game, and I needed just a little bit. I needed some firepower to take out Archie or to slow the Dead Rider down, um, and I just didn't have that power. Um, so I think that's number one uh, issue I had. Um, and then if going through the game, I made some, some play mistakes that, uh, Nathan capitalized on just fantastically. Um, and, uh, I think number one being I left zip in too long. I should have taken zip out, uh, 
the the top of turn yeah. two. Um, and I left him in getting a little greedy, um, <clears throat> or a lot greedy. Uh, who's counting? Uh, <laughs> and I. <laughs> It was bold. It was bold, but nobody expects the zombie reporter to just go like, "Nah, you're yeah. dead now." Um, so yeah, yeah. Molly's Molly's so sweet. No one expects damage. Yeah, yeah. I just girl. I always forget that that is a uh, willpower attack. Uh, her ruin your life. Um, yeah, but not no, not good not. for Zip. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, I think it was it was mainly those sorts of things, and of course, there's little game game mistakes, but I think those were the main ones that I would focus on. Okay, and uh, Nate, how about you? Honestly, I really like this crew. I like the setup. Ah, I, I'd say like I'd swap out Philip and the nanny, but Philip kind of did some work for me this game, just being a really obnoxious piece. He was a good like bookend to zip that I don't know if I would play without him. Just with his deadly pursuit, giving a Kruligan a, a position to jump off of was pretty clutch. So I I like this crew. Um, the only thing I would try to maybe find into a, a game against Zip would maybe be some anti-armor, just because I know those Iron Skeeters are coming. But I would also want that to be something at range, just because they also blow up. So mm-hmm. Okay. Sounds like a solid set of thoughts overall. Uh, nice to hear that Philip and the nanny get some, get some play, uh, even without, you know, maybe being as flashy as some other models as the internet likes to say. No, yeah, he worked out really well for me. I was honestly pretty pleasantly surprised. I even got that melee attack to do some damage, so <laughs> I just, I was tickled Pete, I was tickled Peach by that. You even great. got the plus flip can... on it, because, uh... <laughs> yeah, actually, actually charging with Philip and the nanny is, um... Other than stealing one of Jake's soul stones, like that was a that was a definite <laughs> highlight. And, and I'd also say that the slow was super uh, obnoxious too. Oh yeah, yeah. Between having Molly and Philip to both go slow, slow, done, cool. Zip and the first mate, you guys can take a break. You guys are too fast. <laughs> Calm it down. <laughs> Very cool. I know we've kind of touched on this a bit here and there during the turns with each of you. But uh, what unexpected plays, crew selection, scheme selection, or or different ways of bluffing stuff that they weren't doing uh, did each of you find from the other player? And I, I say this knowing that, along with myself, you two are, are some of the people who have played each other the most since we all got into this game uh, many moons ago. So, Jake, unexpected plays and decisions from Nate. Uh, I, th- I think the, the number one thing to say is me and Nate haven't played in a while. Um, we we played a lot for <laughs> a long time, but then there's been this kind of break because we could play at any time uh, sort of thing. And so <laughs> there's nuances of Nate's game that I have missed um, seeing the development of. And the number one thing is his Dead Rider play this game was phenomenal. Um, he pushed it up. He got it into my deployment zone. His position said, I'm pushing for breakthrough. Uh, if you don't stop me or I'm just grabbing the symbol, uh, and there's nothing you can do about it. And then to have him go, Nope. And turn right around and grab that claim jump at the last second. Just perfect. I am really happy to hear you say that. Cause this is, this is probably the best I've ever played a writer. 
because I am always garbage with them because I play Bayou. I'm not used to having a writer. So finally kind of getting the balance was a really, really good feeling, mm. honestly. Yeah, I, I have to echo everything about the, the writer play there, Nate, because I even having a writer, although in Arcanist, she's not a, a, a forward piece, generally speaking. She's a flank piece. So anytime I'm pulling out a big hitter writer, it's like, wait a second, how does this work? And you did you did rather wonderfully. Uh, same question to you. Surprise plays, decisions, etc. from Jake. Yeah, so I, I mentioned it before, like, the general build of the crew was very different from Jake's standard style, like, I would have expected maybe, like, another beater, um, but it was nice to see something, it was like, it was a crew more like something I would build, and it was certainly something I feel like was probably out of Jake's standard comfort zone, and just using that and pushing Zip in, like, it didn't turn out, but holy, holy cow did it scare me. <laughs> It, it it put me off. Like, I was like, this, the audacity of this little green man coming in to my master, this is absurd. <laughs> and, yeah, being on the other end of Zip was just an absolute blast, but 100% as frustrating as I <laughs> hoped it would be. <laughs> yeah, ultimately, again, from my point of view, the takeaway here is for the two of you even having not played a ton during COVID, uh, the two of you remain at very similar levels. And the fact that even losing his master after two activations of said master, Jake kept you within a point of him. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Jake, I... your, your denial game has gone up so much uh, since we first started playing. That's good game. to hear. <laughs> yeah like there was until like the end of turn four and even then i was still like he could pull something clever out there was no point where i was like this is my game like even after i killed zip i'm like well zip's dead but there's all this other bullcrap that i have to deal with right and now I, I honestly was okay with losing zip um the next turn uh a, a turn three zip would have oh. been fine for me uh it was just the one turn too early that kind of got me um yeah and just threw me off a bit uh, 100% understandable. I've been there, and yeah. Like, you once if at least three turns. Yeah. Yeah, and, and honestly, given the pressure that the uh, the boring conversation was giving Nate turn one and two, like, I think if you get <sighs> another turn of Nate having to deal with that, this is a whole different ballgame. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's probably a Jake win if you just literally pulled him out for a turn, mm -hmm. kept him on the edge, and then put him back in turn three to be like, Deal with me now. Yeah. Try it. Nice. Well, guys, thanks so much for having this game. Uh, this was fun, and we should do it again. Yeah, it was really nice to get a game in, Jake. Thank you very much for coming on. It's it's, but this was a so, this was a blast. Yeah, it was uh, definitely super fun. I haven't played in uh, literal months. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, uh, same. I every time I think, you know what. Man, it's been so long since I've played this game. When I come back, well, I like it. Uh, every time I come back to even thinking about the game, I am super jazzed to play more. And uh, thanks for, for bringing me back into that. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Awesome. Well, uh, gentle listeners, uh, there's some wisdom nuggets in there somewhere. We're going to leave it to you to find them. And in yeah. the meantime, find, we find my enjoyed. nuggets. <laughs>
Uh, as Doug always says, fun is always king. Uh, he told me that because he's locked in my basement. Um, actually, no, he's locked in Roman's basement, but he called me. I gave him a burner phone with only my number. Uh, Doug called me. Fun is always king. Have a good night, everybody. Good night. Music used in this production are Onion Capers, Marty Gots a Plan, and Five Card Shuffle. All music is created by Kevin McLeod and is used under Creative Commons.